Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. So I believe this word today, this message I have for you um, that God has placed upon my heart is going to really excite you, get you excited. I do understand that in this room, not everybody is on the same page or same level. But I do want to make it very clear that after I'm done and God expresses what he wants, your fire should be a little bit brighter or should burn a little bit more. When God gave me this message, I was excited about it because he first gave it to me first. And the Lord uh, put upon my heart and say, son, I need you to burn with a passion for the rest of your days. So I went to the Bible in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7. I want to read this to you, and I'm going to give you my, my title. And we're going to pray, and we're going to jump right into the word of the Lord. Amen? Now, I don't want no trouble today. I just want to preach. Amen. <laughs> All right, right. So look what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says this. It says, For this reason, Paul, writing to Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I want to read it again. In verse 6 it says, for this reason, for what reason? This reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which was in you through the laying on of hands. For a little while in this church this morning, I want to preach from a subject matter entitled burn, baby burn. Amen. So do me a favor, say neighbor, or are you burning? Let's pray here in the house. Father, we thank you right now for the type of anointing that make preaching simplistic. We call upon fresh manna, fresh wind to blow in this house. Cause your preacher, your servant, your son to do this text no harm. Now, God, excite a fire in us that we will never be the same again. We love you with everything in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, this particular teaching, a message to Timothy, Paul, you know, called Timothy his son. Uh, Paul mentored uh, different men of God in churches throughout his time of ministry. Paul was cold-blooded. Paul had the ability to tell you real truth and be real gangster with it. Paul encouraged Timothy in a time of his life where there was chaos conflict and confusion. So Paul had to remind Timothy, like I'm reminding the church right now, to keep the fire burning. In that time, in that culture, things popped up that wrestled against Timothy's faith, wrestled against what he believed, wrestled against all that he knew. So Paul had to remind him to keep the fire, to keep the zeal burning inside of his heart. So today, it's important that you don't 
approach this Sunday like some ordinary Sunday. We don't go through the motions, the movements, the song, the dance, the tears. Today, the job is for you to burn, baby, burn, and to be activated in the spirit so people can see the light, the love, the salt, and the motivation of your walk. Amen. So I am passionate about one thing, that I'm mad at the devil, I don't like the devil, and I want the devil to be defeated. He's already defeated. My job is to make sure that I populate heaven and depopulate hell. But I got to have a fire, a zeal, a passion. Let me give you this particular message here or this definition of what it says to zeal. It means to be on fire is to eagerly burn or eagerly eager with zealous or burn with enthusiasm. He told young Timothy, keep the zeal, keep the fire, keep the passion, and keep burning. Now, um, I realize that in the Old Testament, just to kind of make some things plain, it's one thing to be on fire and another thing to act on it. Not everybody who loves Christ is doing something for him. Oftentimes we choose more comfortable or more convenient over covenant. So I want you to know the challenge is that when you leave here, you should be uncomfortable in your faith. Because in the Old Testament, we find people and Christians who were on fire from the Lord and act on it. Okay, in other words, they didn't just go to church, they didn't just have religion, they were on fire, and they act on it. Okay, y'all acting crazy already. (laughs) They didn't just go to church, right? They didn't just show up over here and say, oh, what a great song, what a great worship. They was on fire, and they act on it, right? So, So watch this, some examples in the Bible of David in 1 Kings This is David's son responding in 1 Kings 3, 6, and 6 as talking to Solomon. He said, you have shown a great steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and in upright of heart towards you and have kept a great steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on the throne this day. In other words, Solomon's David's bar was blessed because David was on fire and the generational blessing of obedience with God caused his son to be blessed. All right, I want you to get this. So your decision to love God with all your heart doesn't just affect you today, it does affect you tomorrow. And can I also tell you the reason why there's so much chaos, conflict, and confusion in our community is because there's people who say they love God but not acting on it. Watch this now. You have John the Baptist. You know, you read about John the Baptist. We, we, the Bible spotlights his life and his diet. Things you guys eat in New Iberia like honey and wild locusts and stuff. I don't understand. I, Pastor Don said, we going to eat out. I said, no, sir. I'm going straight home. I know what y'all eat out here. Y'all eat wild locusts and honey. I'm, not, I'm a gangster. I don't play for that. I need that. It's Joker. The Bible spotlights John's life. You know John the Baptist. He proclaimed 
the coming of the Messiah, he was the one who said, the one that come after me will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. John was bold and radical so much so his enthusiasm, his zeal cost him his head. He was so bold that he stood up against the time, the people of power, and told them to repent. Amen. We see the example of him being on fire based upon what he did and acting on it. So one of the things that's important to understand is that when you love God, there's an action that follows. So we find that John did it in his day. We find that David did it in his day. And in our day, we have great fathers and preachers like Billy Graham. You heard of him, right? Changed the course of the world because he was on fire. Right? We have the, the great, the great uh, Huzuzu revival with William Shamor, who, who by, by, by his obedience set a Holy Ghost movement into, into play, and it changed the course of Christianity. You know him by Pastor Jacob, who, who, who came here with long hair. He called himself a, well, let me leave that alone. <laughs> Amen. Showed up here in the 90s and the 80s, and, and he had a vision from God. He was on fire, and because of that, boom, campuses, people changed, generosity. This was in our modern day. He is on fire, and he acted on it. Are you tracking what I'm saying? So I'm going to give you four reasons real quickly why people possibly lose their fire in Christ. And listen, my goal was not to beat you up, but to get you up, but to help you understand I need to be doing something for God. Oh, not just coming to church. Not just coming to church. That's a part of it. But I need to be doing something. Do you, you feel what I'm telling you? No, for real. I'm going to come down here on one side of y'all and swing on somebody. But we need to be doing something for him. I don't want to move past this because when you are saved, God Activate your faith to cause movement in your life. And nothing happens until the Christian steps in his position of divine authority and manifests God's will on earth. Jesus said the only way that thy kingdom will come if thy will be done. Well, you hoping for the kingdom sitting down on your blessing assurance, nothing is happening. But if you want the kingdom to come, then do thy will. Now, I just caught an attitude for no reason. I don't know why, but I, I, I got to get it off my chest because I didn't come to Iberia for me to sit down for y'all to say amen. I want you to be fired up in the spirit to where you're burning. All right. I'm going to calm down, babe. I'm going to calm down. Okay. I'm telling you, I can feel, I, feel, I don't know if I can run, but all right, watch this. Four reasons why people possibly lose their fire. Number one. By seeing wrong. People walk more, or we should walk more by faith and not by sight. We see more in the tangible aspect, right? We see the world based upon circumstances, situations. We see wrong. We see the world through our cars, our jobs, our houses, our career. We never get a clear vision from God, so therefore we see wrong. Our focus is off, right? When you don't have focus, you see wrong. And, you know, I, I didn't understand why Pastor Don wanted me to get in the boat. I'm 240 pounds, 
why he wanted me to get in the boat to go fishing with him in his pond. I'm looking at him. I'm saying, man, you know, he does have a bald head. I said, maybe he tried to bring me in the corner and knock me off in this corner. <laughs> the Lord said, have faith, DK. Amen. Amen. If he throw you over, go with him, grab him, pull him down, right? That's the faith, right? So I couldn't see it, but we got on that boat together and we was like this. And he was like, okay, brother, we got to learn to work together because if you paddling one way, pushing another way, we fight in the water. So he taking deep breaths on the side of me like, okay, this guy, I don't know a thing about. No, I'm black. I don't know how to swim. Yo, y'all said I was family. I'm just trying to... Only t- Okay, only, only time I take a, you know, taking a shower, but me and swimming just ain't a thing, and then we over there in Appaloosa, I'm saying, what's wrong with Don? Don brought me out here to die. But when we got in the boat, because we seen right, and he gave spiritual or wisdom on how to control the boat, we was able to get in certain spots that we couldn't get in, because we set our focus on working together. Watch this, the reason why we see wrong, because too much of our faith and concern is in the material world. It's too much in the things that we see and touch and we can feel. People who see right, like great heroes of the faith, they seen it before they done it. Even from, from, you know, in Hebrews 11, the great hall of fame, they they seen it before they done it. They seen it. Like even in the natural realm, people who who, uh, who drew paintings or or invented great uh, inventions, like like the iPhone, Used to call me on my cell phone. <laughs> Lately, when you no nobody in here, okay. <laughs> People who 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 seen the technology, the the, the painter, the artist, the, those who created the lights, and those who who created them, they seen it in the invisible before it was made visible. And this is important because faith begins with a vision. It starts with you seeing the passion of God and believing for something bigger than what you see. Anytime you can see it, it's probably not just God or touch it. He wants you to believe bigger than what you can see. Amen. I came here and I enjoyed worship and I pull up in this campus and I, I said, this church from the top to the bottom will be full in the next season. People everywhere, everybody cheering. People everywhere up in here, people pack. I see it before it's happening because this church is going to stir the fire of God. Watch this. Important to understand that God puts a dream inside of our hearts before, before our future starts. He wants us to see it, see us being blessed. See us being free. See us being in a position in our lives to where we are accomplishing the will of God in our lives. I am convinced that nothing I do outside of God matters. In other words, only what you do for Christ will last. So I have reoriented my mind and my vision to see right. When you see wrong, ladies and gentlemen, it affects the way your fire burns. Set our sight on the vision that God has given you. Set your sight on that. He told you that you was going to be doing something in your life because you got a little older, maybe had a kid, or maybe had some things happen in life. Don't change what you see based upon your circumstance. Activate your faith, right? Number two, 
The reason why our fire dies a little bit because oftentimes we perceive wrong about life. The Bible tells us that Jesus says, in this world, you and I will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Just because you came to Christ doesn't mean trouble won't find you. The Bible warns you that in life you're going to have trouble. I don't understand when things happen to people, they lose hope. They lose sight. You're human. I've done it too. But remember, it's all part of your perception. If you know that you already overcame it, why worry about it while you're going through it? Jesus said, it's not when you get in the storm or if you get in the storm, it's when you get in the one. Know that I'm the one that can lead you through it, protect you while you're in it, right? Knowing that when trouble shows up, please catch this, God has not forsaken you in that storm. Your perception to the creator and our savior has a lot to do how you handle the pressures of life. And if you got to smoke something, drink something, pop something, twerk something, Uh, life is rough. Give me a drink. Take a pill to go to bed, a pill to wake up. Then we're not seeing God properly. He didn't say there would not be trouble. There would be trouble. But understand who controls it. When you perceive wrong, your perception about things is skewed based upon a false reality of life. In the fallen nature, things happen. In the sinful nature, things happen. People die. People walk out on you, right? But it shouldn't affect your fire. Something challenged me and my wife, Faith, about perception. My daughter, beautiful as she is, she went from being, being a Christian to being a gangster all through COVID. So I had COVID on one end and a gangster teenager on the other end. Amen. And we watch her life change, and it challenged our faith. But the Lord said, either you're going to see this right or you're going to see it wrong. Because what you see is not the thing that's going to happen. Can I I tell you, marriages that are strange, jobs that are strange, relationships that are strange, what you see is not what it really is. You got to continue to believe what God's word says about that situation and stand on that thing. Right? Okay. So we see wrong about life, we see wrong, perceive wrong about life, and then number three, we care wrong. We care for this world more than we care about the kingdom world. Right, right, right? Matthew 13 verse 20 says, the word of God was choked up because of the cares of the world. In other words, when you are friends with God, when you're friends with the world, you are enemies with God. You got to learn not to care about this world. Love the world. Don't judge the world. Be, be in it, not of it, right? Understand your position as salt and light, but don't care what the majority say. Stand with the minority. Does that make sense? Right? So, so, so I, 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 if I lose material things in this realm, what God has for me in the next realm is far greater than what I can imagine. So if I lose a job, if, if I lose my golf club, Maybe not the golf club, but, but if I lose, right, I understand 
that I'm not caring, I'm not caring for the things of this world. I don't care what people put on Facebook or on Instagram. I don't care what you got on. I don't care where they go on a vacation. I don't live to compete with you. Amen? Can I free some of you up in here? Because we care too much about what the world says and it affects our fire. I don't care if you don't like me, boo. I like me. That was a song say, if God likes me. I wish I had a church that would preach with me today. Come on, y'all. When you care a lot about this world, you can be influenced, influenced by the world ups and downs. My 13-year-old boy, he's a baller, man. He shoots. I wish he can play that big guy up there. I'm talking about he balls and stuff. He, he shoots ball. He's doing his thing, man. I, you know, just doing all his thing, right? Whatever he's doing, right? So, and, you know, he got a pair of shoes, uh, some LeBron James tennis shoes. He put them on. And, oh, I don't like this shoe. And he told my wife, he said, oh, man, these new shoes came out by Giannis. I want these shoes. And then oh, all of a sudden, Steph Curry came out with another pair of shoes. And I find himself, he was working her, working me. She buy a pair, I buy a pair. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I realized one of his friends, right, had every pair of shoes and doing everything. So he was up there keep, keeping up with his buddy. It wasn't about the shoe. It's about keeping step with his buddy. And I say, son, come here, son, because you owe me a little bit of money. Y'all know you're 12. <laughs> y'all don't do that with y'all kids? <laughs> oh, okay. He's 12 years old, but he owe me. I, I, look, I'm keeping tabs. I mean, I got to get paid. Like, y'all don't do that? Oh, just, all right, I ain't coming back. I know it. I knew it. <laughs> I gave him a good lesson about, son, God bless you with one pair of shoes. Be thankful for the shoe that you have. You worrying about what's on somebody else's foot. And son, Cardinal, what I see, your feet don't smell that great. So before I put a brand new shoe on your foot, at least clip your toenails, wash your, wash your foot, you worrying about the wrong thing, son. Keep your, keep your foot from stinking. You say, Dad, it's not about all that. It's about all that when I got to work and I got to buy you all these shoes. You don't need to be keeping up with the world. Don't worry about it. You're blessed. Let's go to Goodwill. There's some shoes you can practice in, shoes you can wear. Let's, let's learn to be concerned. Be grateful because this world will have you striving ungodly for things. And before you know it, you're fired and burnt out, caring too much. The Bible says, hope deferred, make it the heart grow sick. There's no hope in this world that's greater than the kingdom hope. Amen. Watch this, y'all. Number four, then I, I'm, I'm going to be out your way in a second because I'm trying to see what, what they cook like around here. Uh, <laughs> number, four. number four says, the wrong way, disobedience, lifestyle of sin. Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, there's a way that's seeming right unto a man, but the end produces death. The reason why our fire burns out because we oftentimes go the wrong way. Hear me when I say this. The Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of that produces death. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You cannot live wrong and expect to reap or get right. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a dichotomy in this room today. Because we, we have now expected God to do everything, but we have no integrity in our prayer life. We don't live holy or righteous before the Lord. 
we look at things, we see things, we do things, we say things, we want things, and we expect God to just open up a box and just give it to us. Can I tell you, the Bible says, if you sow up the flesh corruption, you will reap up the flesh corruption. At least you can do, at least you and I can do in our life is be good children. More than I want a blessing, more than I want stuff, can I be a good son? Can I be a good daughter? Can I make sure that my ways are pleasing to his ways? Proverbs is cold. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Before I do anything, I need to have a fear for him. Not a fear of trembling, but a fear of respect and reverence to the holy God. And you wonder why God ain't blessing your stuff. Your stuff is too messy for a holy God. But if you clean some stuff up, if you stop cussing a little bit, stop lying a little bit, stop lusting a little bit, stop being conniving and trifling a little bit, then maybe a holy God would visit your place. Oh, can I be honest? Now, God, dog, when I come out of here, I'm going to be honest. Right? If you stop living crazy, stop talking crazy, stop doing crazy, start planning your life and practice righteousness, maybe God will visit you. I'm not saying he didn't live, he, he left you, he's always there. But to invite him in, you got to build a tabernacle for him to come in. So what do I do? I practice righteousness. I work on the things in my life that are causing, causing me pain. God knew it before I did it, so I might as well confess it and work on it, all right? Okay, right. The Bible talks about us understanding different between Revelation 3.15 about a lukewarm Christian, and the Bible says that um, he, God, has such a disdain towards lukewarmness that he vomits you out of his mouth, right? Um, he, 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 he is... He is very important about a Christian being on fire, and, and these things are important because um, it's the most undesirable temperature, lukewarm. If you'd rather be cold or hot, but kind of somewhere in the middle, God said it's so bad that you're on the top of my stomach. You know, anytime you threw up, food stayed on the top of your stomach. <laughs> and, and when it's on the top of your stomach, the first thing to come out was on top. And God said, a Christian who's lukewarm, first thing I'm doing is vomiting him out. I'm getting him out of my face. I'm getting, getting him out of my, getting him out of my spirit, right? Important to understand because what happens is in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, the Bible says that lukewarm Christians, it says um, they will act religious but deny the power that can make them godly. 2 Timothy 3 verse 5 they will act religious but deny the power that would make them godly. In other words, it's important to understand that when you are on fire with God, you can't be lukewarm. This understanding is that God wants a Christian to reject the safety, convenient lifestyle in this Western culture to live blessed in prosperity while doing very little for the kingdom of God. I'm not saying that you can't have some stuff, but there's a point to where your life is so convenient that that's nothing uncomfortable or challenging your faith. Pastor DK, why did you go on Simcoe? Because I needed something to challenge my faith. 
hey, man, I needed something to keep me going because if it was too comfortable, I may lose my mind on my religion. I need, I, I'm a frontline Christian. I need to be in the middle of the war of the kingdom of God. I need to be the, I need to be the one that, that's, that's willing to reject, watch this, the comfortable lifestyle that comes with this Western culture experience. The Bible tells us, told Timothy, he said, listen, for that not to happen, you need to fan into flame the fire of God in your life. All right? So, so that's the four things that I want to tell you about things that can challenge your fire. Now I want to give you four things real quickly, and then we're going to get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. But this is important. I'm going to give you four things. Somebody say four things. Okay. Are y'all tired of me? No. I'm tired of y'all. All right, you're not t- okay, you're good. We good? Okay. I, 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 I want to give you four things real quick. Can I do that? Okay, four things to help keep your fire burning passionately in this dark world that we live in. Number one, number one, stick to the basics. All right? No matter how long you've been walking with God, no matter how much scriptures you know, we should always stick to the basics, which means... We should always have a life that is consistent of prayer and meditating God's word. I know you think you and Jesus are first cousins, but you're not. You've been saved 50 years. You've been, even myself as a pastor, I got to go back to the basics. That means I pray every morning, every day. That means I read my word every day to keep the fire burning. I just can't expect Pastor Don to preach a good message every Sunday. I got to go get it for myself. Amen. And, 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 and this, is, this is important because when you do this, you are now keeping a communication with God that keeps the fire burning. So when I first got saved, I talked to God every single day. I knew one scripture, I stopped talking. Amen. So, so this is important. I need to make sure that every day I'm praying. Right? I know this is elementary, ABC, I know that, but this is the things that we look over. Wanting the deep things of God. I want to be deep, Pastor DK. I want to be deep. Right? Well, God should have made you a submarine. Because these right here is very important for us to understand. Sticking to the basics. Right? That is a life, number one, of communicating with God. Reading his word. It is the primary way of doing this is through prayer. And God talks back to you through his word. It kills me when a person say, what is God saying to me in this season? Well, I want to know what God is saying to me. Amen. Can you call 807 help a brother out to find out what God is saying to me? I'll tell you what God is saying to you, saying to you. He's saying the same thing he said in his word when he wrote it the first time. But we got to stick to the basics. All right. Number two, everybody got it. This is how you keep your fire burn. Somebody say burn, baby, burn. Number two, we got to remain in fellowship, right? So we stick to the basics, and then we remain in fellowship, right? We stay together no matter what. All right, how many of you guys in here go camping? How many guys, any campers in here? Any, y'all, one, one person camping, no, I barely, I got a few people that camp, like camp. All right, you, you know, when you go camping, I've never been, I've never been camping because y'all won't invite me, all right, but... If what I'm hearing about camping is when you're out there camping, uh, the thing that you don't want ever to happen is that your fire goes out. 
right? And then when the fire goes out, you know, it's a problem. Everybody gets cold. It's uncomfortable. But I haven't been camping, but I can barbecue. Can I give you, can I give you, can I give you my, 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 my Kelly, my Kelly wisdom on, on remaining in fellowship? Because, uh, you know, when you barbecue, how many of you guys barbecue it? I'm talking about, oh, I got a bunch of y'all barbecue, right? So, you know, whenever you barbecue, uh, you get that charcoal, the charcoal, 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 all right? You take it and you put up, you, me, what I do is I, I build a pile, like a pyramid, I lay the foundation. I make sure everything is tight together and it's all connected. I take that lighter fluid, the Holy Spirit, and I pour it around that pyramid of charcoal staying tight and close together. And I pour it around that thing. And I, I wait till that thing gets full of the Holy Ghost and it starts shining. You know that coal is ready to be lit when it starts shining, Right? Now, you don't light it just right when it's shining, right? You give it a little time for it to soak in. But the goal is that each coal has to be tightly packed together. So when you take that light of God's word and you throw it on there, boom, it begins to light and burn. And everyone burns together as long as they are together. Right when they are tight and they're in that pyramid, right? They all catching the same heat, and you ain't got to worry about lighting both sides because the fire on that side gonna light the fire on that side. You right, right? Y'all got it. But there's only one problem with that. It's always that one joker <laughs> that refused to get in fellowship with the other coal. Y'all know somebody like that? Just look forward. Look forward. Just look forward. Right. That's always that one coal. Everybody on fire, everybody doing their thing. Everybody, that's always that one joker that's just on the side looking. <laughs> Instead of staying in community and unity and fellowship with, with everything else, it decides to be on the sideline. And that's the one the devil comes at the most. Watch people who don't want to be in communion and fellowship and unity because when the fire starts to burning, they could be the one that's trying to put the fire out with confusion, with offense. Amen. This is important because when you remain in fellowship, you get the benefits because when you put that chicken on top of that, you put that steak on top of that shack, all right? And, and then you know, everyone that's in fellowship together, when that meat, juice, and fat begins to drop from the grill to the charcoal, everybody get the blessings of the fat. Oh, y'all see what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, it, it, it drops down, and that coal begins to experience the saturation of, that, of the droppings of fat, the benefits of being in fellowship. Can I tell you something today? There's benefits of being in fellowship. When you get blessed, I get blessed. And if my fire is going out, you help me to keep mine burning. Come on, preach, DK. It's when you're in fellowship, you get the benefits. Versus being by yourself trying to figure it out. To keep that fire burning, watch this. Stay close to your brother. Say, neighbor, stay close to me. Somebody, y'all ain't saying that. Say, neighbor, I'm going to say it one more time. Stay close to me. All right. Now, important to understand 
Unity, fellowship, togetherness represents oneness. The devil wants to divide us through separation. You know, people who left churches and left ministries, people who bust moves off of jobs because they got offended in community. The blessing about community, it tells you the good, the bad, and the ugly about yourself. I remember sitting down with Pastor Jacob uh, at a meeting with all the pastors, and he said something that really blessed my heart. He said, Pastor, in family, that's good, that's bad, and that's ugly, but you always be family. You don't ever stop being family. Pastor Don mentioned something. I would have to agree with him. Watch this. That the presence of God that I experience in this place tells me that's no other place that I would rather be than right here in OSC, New Iberia. Because when there's presence, it always is followed by a blessing. And the blessing may not be tangible, but it could be very much so spiritual to the point to where your life is maturing enough that when something happens, you don't leave God. My mind is to love him and never leave him all the days of my life. Let me say it again. My mind is to love him, never leave him all the days of my life. I want to love him so much that leaving him would never ever cross my mind. It don't matter what you do to me because I'm in fellowship with him and community. No matter what happens, I ain't leaving God. You got to feel the same way about your church when stuff happens. Because when you're in fellowship, things happen. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) Things happen when you're in fellowship. When you're close to somebody, you can tell they didn't brush their teeth. (laughs) Am I wrong? I need to be that close that I smell your bread. And if if it don't smell right, I don't talk about you. I don't text the neighbor and say, oh, you know, Susan ain't brush her teeth this morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't believe Susan. Oh, Susan in the fridge. Put something to Oh, Susan. Ooh. <laughs> no, when you're a good Christian, you reach over and you grab that bread, man, and say, here you go. <laughs> I, 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 I got your back. <laughs> that makes sense? I don't get mad at you because you sin different or smell different or look different or act different or going through a season in your life. I stay with you because you're family. Amen. So if I find out that some of y'all are trying to leave the church, Don, I want you to call me. Because we got to learn to stay together. Number three, watch this, number three. And I got one more thing we've done. Number three, remember. Keeping the fire burning, stick to the basics, remain in fellowship. Number three, remember the jar of your salvation. This is how you keep the fire born. You are reminded of the jar of your salvation. How many of you guys, like, really appreciate Michael Jackson? Oh, Michael. Michael Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Beat it, beat it, beat it, beat it, beat it. Michael Jackson. Man, y'all are gangster church. Y'all don't know who Michael Jackson is? Uh, he was annoying. I'm telling you, Michael Jackson was annoying. I don't care what nobody say. This man was annoying. Michael Jackson knew something that was very important. He met a girl. At least I think he did. I maybe wrote a song. And he wrote the song. He said, do you remember the time 
When we fell in love, do you remember the time when we first met, girl? Oh, uh. you remember that? He was reminded of the time they first met. Can I argue with you today and tell you that every now and then you got to reminisce on the time you first fell in love with God? I remember what I could have been and what I should have been until I met God. And when he found me in a crooked place, I can have the same joy in my spirit in realizing that it's nothing like the joy of my salvation. Can I tell you about David? David, when he went and fell short, and he fell short with sinning with Bathsheba, one of the things he wrote in her song or in a prayer, he said, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Hide not your face from me, O Lord. Give me the passion and the fire to remember the joy of my salvation. Can you think about where you was when you first met him? When you first experience Christ for the first time, it's a jar inside of your heart that religion can't take away. The problem is religion has snuck in some kind of way and we have gotten so normal with a holy God. We can't get normal with that because he conquered death, hell, and the grave and gave us victory and access to the kingdom. I'm never getting normal with that. Amen. I have a reason to praise him and thank him all the days of my life. If, if he never do another thing for me, heaven is my home. He has done enough. Because I need to be reminded of my first love. This is why it's important to understand that Jesus came, watch this, to deal with all of our issues and remind us of his goodness through trials and tests. That's why stuff can't cause me to leave him. Number four, I'm out of here, y'all. We got to go back to our first love. Number four, go back to our first love. Revelations 2 verse 4 speaks of how the church has left or lost their first love. I was tripping on this because, number one, I need to make sure that I stick to the basics, all right? Make sure that I'm remaining in fellowship. I need to make sure that I'm reminded of the joy of my salvation. But number four, I was tripping on it because Jesus says, the Bible says, that we have abandoned our first love. This is the question that God is asking. It's not that, hear me. It's not that you don't love me. It's not that you don't love me. It's not that you don't love me. It's just that I'm not your first love no more. No, no, I I get that you love me. But you and I used to be first. And maybe the fire is not burning like it should be because I'm one of the things you love, but I'm not the only thing you love. And I realized God gave us passion, which means he gave us permission to love other things. But that love should be the first love. And the problem he has with his church is that you've seen a few miracles. You've seen amazing generosity. I brought you out. I healed you. I restored your marriage. I gave you a little money. You, you, you fell in love with the God that can do all these things for you when you need me. But you forgot that all I wanted to do was just be a father to you. 
And when religion, when religion fails, your relationship stands forever. He told a church, a called out people, Ecclesia, Revelations, you lost your first love. You abandoned me because you're prospering. You, you turn your back on me because you're blessed. You, you, your money is good. Your health is good. You don't need me right now. But there'd be a time when you would come calling. And God, through faithfulness, would not turn his back on you. He would answer the call. But how much greater is this? That you can continue to love him first and put him first. And put him first above all things. Why, Pastor DK? When you do these things, the fire of God... The passion of God is going to cause you and I to live a life that consumes and fills every room that we walk into. Because I love God and I've been with him. And everybody around me know that there's something different about me. I'm burning. The old theologian would say, he said, he said you prayed, uh, you prayed, you fasted, you've done your devotions, I, I've memorized scriptures. What else should I do? The man says, become a flame. Ooh, let me say it again. He said, you, you prayed, you fasted, you sing, you serve, you give. You do everything that's acts of you. And, and here it is. What more of God? He says, become a flame. He told Timothy in a time of chaos and confusion, he said, when all else fails in your life, keep the fire burning. So the world can't rob you of your joy. Situations won't rob you of your experience with God. When the Lord returns as you stand to your feet, I'm out of here. As the Lord returns as you stand to your feet, If you got feet, come on, stand on. Help a brother out. Amen. All I want to do today, I want to agree with you in prayer that the fire of God in your life will burn. Don't let this Sunday go without you saying, it was a good sermon today. Who preached? Denzel Washington. No, you miss everything I just said. But can you for real, for real, with your heads bowed, really ask God this question, burn inside of me. Nobody walking around, nobody looking around. I just want to pray that prayer that you would just agree that the fire of God would burn in your heart. So, Father, as we pray today for every person under the sound of my voice, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would activate the fire of God in every heart of every person here today. Lord, let us not leave here the same. We want more relationship than we do religion. Fan the fire of God in our lives. Jesus, that's more available for me as a believer. And I ask Holy Ghost that you would sit upon the people here today and give them fresh zeal, fresh, fresh passion to walk out of here and be a flame. 
Lord, we need you right now. We call upon you right now to make us Christians who are stand strong. And when the world turn against us, they're going to see the light and the fire and the joy of our salvation. Do it now, God, in the hearts of every person here today. We call it done in Jesus' name. I receive my fire. I receive my passion. I am not the same. Burn, baby, burn. Come on, give God praise and I'll...